Hello and welcome to Parallel, a tech podcast with accessibility sprinkles. I'm Shelley Brisbane, your host, and it is Tuesday, November 20th, 2018. Happy American Thanksgiving if you're a celebrating. I have two great guests with me today to talk about a very exciting topic, shortcuts on the iOS platform. And these two guys probably know more than me, which is actually a good recipe for an excellent podcast guest. My first guest is Michael Doyce, who is the proprietor of the iAccessibility Podcast Network and an app developer. Hi, Michael. How are you? Doing great. Thank you for having me on the show, Shelley. My pleasure. My next guest is Matthew Casanelli. He's a maker of shortcut videos, articles, and podcasts. He's co-host of the Supercomputer Podcast with Alex Cox, a contributor to iMore and the Sweet Setup, and a former member of the Workflow team handling marketing back before it was a part of Apple. Hi, Matthew. Hello. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. I'm super excited to talk about accessibility and shortcuts today. Yeah, me too. Um, so I guess the first thing we should do for our listeners out there is kind of set their expectations for what you guys know about shortcuts. I, I said I think you probably know more than me, which is not super high bar to cross. But anyway, so Michael, start with start with you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how you have encountered shortcuts, what you've been doing with them since they've been available? Sure. So I have actually been using shortcuts since it was Workflow. I have loved the Workflow app, and I never could really find a reason to use much of it until it became shortcuts just because of the uh, system integration. It could do everything. And in fact, I made some neat workflows uh, and they removed some of the actions because of uh, apps being removed like Transmit and others. But I, I love the idea and I always would tell people there is an amazing app that can do these wonderful things that can automate your phone. And so it seemed like the most logical thing for Apple to grab it up and make it part of iOS. But uh, since they've made shortcuts, I have been, you know, I have my company iAccessibility and I've integrated shortcuts into that app, which we could talk about later. But I've made shortcuts to uh, basically ca uh, get information from RSS feeds. I do, uh, I love the Apple Music shortcuts. And I've been telling people that I work with and I, during my day job, I do training and rehab, and I've even used shortcuts to help folks that have issues remembering. I, I've actually added reminders so that they could ask Siri a certain question and get help on something that they need to remember. So it's the power to shortcuts is limitless, and it's just amazing what we're able to accomplish with it. And so I've kind of made a goal of seeing what kind of things we could do with shortcuts as, you know, people who are blind. And so I write articles, I actually post my shortcuts on my website, and I'm actually looking to build a community called Beyond the Gallery that uh, will be about shortcuts. So it's been a very exciting opportunity, and it's allowed for people to use their phones in ways that, uh, with Siri, that they have not been able to before. And did you get to work with shortcuts in the beta period, or did you just get access to it when iOS 12 came out? When I actually registered for the beta, but I don't think I got in until late in the process, but mainly when 12 was released. And how about you, Matthew? We said in, in your bio that you're already making a lot of shortcut videos, you have the workflow background, so, so what have you been doing with shortcuts? Um, so it, back in the day um, when I originally found it, I think 
like many people. I discovered it through, I discovered the workflow app through Mac Stories and Federico Vitici. Um, he definitely was originally writing about all this iOS automation stuff through URL schemes. And then he basically started talking about workflow a lot when it kind of got rejected from the app store for trying to do too much in the widget. And that's really, I think, when the work or the uh, sorry, the shortcuts versus workflow is still tripping me up <laughs> because it was workflow to me for so many years and now it's shortcuts. But um, back when that all happened, I think that really drew attention to workflow and what was possible with it. And then at the same time, I was changing jobs and I recognized that workflow was in San Francisco. And so I reached out to the team and was like, I want to help you help other people understand this app because I didn't even know most of it when I started working there and had to learn how to use it from the team and things like that. And then I wanted to share that with other people because I could see that this was so awesome and so like fun to use because I'm actually not a developer. And so many of the people think that it was kind of too nerdy or for nerds. And I wanted to like show everybody that you could, you, you could build workflows. And then once we got acquired by Apple shortcuts, came out and then it was really impressive to see like I actually left after we were acquired because I kind of wanted to go out on my own and do some own thing my own things and being in marketing and not development I didn't have like a specific thing that I wanted to do at the moment there um plus I did kind of I could tell if they were going to ever do anything with it it would be helpful to have somebody who's who knows it intimately to show you instead of just like the idea of writing for the app store sounded really interesting, but it's kind of not me. It's just Apple as a brand. And so I wanted to go out and show people how they could use it from like a friendly face basically. And so I started a YouTube channel, but since shortcuts has come out, it's, it's hard to tell because the lines really blur for me because I have over a thousand shortcuts, which is ridiculous. Um, but I actually did. So Michael, the beyond the gallery part is funny because I actually built most of what's in the gallery, many of those shortcuts, <laughs> um, but they were originally built for the workflow app. And so I didn't spend any time. I, it wasn't part of my role to update the gallery or anything like that because I didn't even know about shortcuts at the time. So it's, <laughs> it's understandable that there's more room for people to learn and use shortcuts beyond just what's in the gallery right now. Um, because Siri in the mix of building a workflow type shortcut is a whole nother level. And so for me that I'm still actually experiencing that for the first time of how to use shortcuts with voice, not just a shortcut in the app and things like that. When I started writing about it for a, a book I'm working on, that was one of the first things that I came up against was that people popularly refer to these things as Siri shortcuts, even though workflow was never based on Siri and that when shortcuts came out, it, it, it obviously allowed you to do more than just – Siri is just a mechanism by which you can trigger a shortcut. And I don't know if in what you do, Matthew, that is – something that you have to explain to people? Do people feel like that Siri is the only way you can invoke a shortcut? Or what do you suggest for people that are trying to sort of understand the difference between shortcuts generally and what Siri's role in that process is? Yeah, that's a really good point because it's honestly very confusing and it took me a while to parse it out even knowing exactly what shortcuts are versus 
So basically, I'd say Siri shortcuts is the overarching term for the feature of there's Siri suggestions, which are the third-party apps that have quick actions into their app, either doing something or just opening deep into a spot. And then there's custom shortcuts in the shortcuts app. And that's more, that's basically workflow plus Siri in there. And so it's, there's a weird dividing line there that I think is honestly very confusing. And I I still don't know if people understand that. That's definitely like if somebody hears about, I do tend to talk about shortcuts and not Siri shortcuts unless they're specifically Siri ones, because I think that helps just people not be confused constantly. Like, especially if I was referring to it as Siri shortcuts all the time, that is like, wait, what? So the Siri suggestions are the, the features from other apps. And then this, the shortcuts, the custom shortcuts are in the shortcuts app. And I'm pretty sure I just said shortcuts about 85 times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had the weird experience of having not only to figure that stuff out, but I wrote a paragraph in the book which basically says, now when I capitalize shortcuts, I'm referring to the app. Mm-hmm. And when I don't capitalize it, I'm referring to the things that you use with the app. So I was explaining copy editing and style in my book, which seemed wrong, yeah. but at the same time, it was very necessary because <laughs> it's a little confusing. I guess so structurally, what, what should people know about shortcuts? I think if, if you have any interest in familiarity with iOS, you understand that shortcuts, even if you didn't use workflow, are are means by which you can automate tasks, you can string tasks together, you can interact with apps, and because it now comes from Apple, you have access to more things than you did when it was 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 workflow. But what 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 am I leaving out there? What what do people need to know who may have a basic understanding of what shortcuts is, but but not really what the power of it is or how they might want to use it in their own lives? Well, that was a pretty good general coverage. I think one of the main things that gets confusing when you're building custom shortcuts is the way content flows from top to bottom. So shortcuts are very literal in the way that they work going like whatever's at the top generally moves into the next one. And this is where you also start immediately getting into more distinctions because all of those series suggestions from other apps, you can actually use those in your custom shortcuts, but those don't pass anything along like workflow did. And so there is this weird dividing line of kind of Siri stuff generally doesn't like pass along in the process, but all of the shortcuts itself and workflow type things generally move something from start to finish. So one example that comes with the new shortcuts app is the weather actions. When you use get current weather, it actually produces like a little piece of content that has weather details in there. Versus if you were just, say, get weather from uh, carrot weather or something like that, it would just say the weather all of a sudden. You can't actually use information from other apps in your shortcut. And so I kind of just mixed two topics in there, I guess, at the same time. But shortcuts, I think people, when they're building them, they try to build something that doesn't pass the content along to the next action so that it can use it. And so they end up getting lots of errors or they... They want to do things in order, but not like an assembly line where it actually moves through step by step. And so what was the second half of your question again? I guess I was just trying to get a sense of what people who hadn't mm. used shortcuts before might need to know to get started. And that what you're saying about workflow, though, was an interesting point, because I guess I wonder if for people who have used workflow 
is that a help or a hindrance in terms of shortcuts because there are differences? Obviously, there are a lot of similarities. You can take workflows and adapt them to shortcuts. Sometimes they run directly as shortcuts. But is is having a background where where does having a background in workflow help, and where does it maybe not? I think having a background in workflow is amazing right now for shortcuts because it's it's very very similar to workflow. It's basically workflow plus system actions plus you can run your workflows from Siri. And so I think for anyone coming from scratch, it's very confusing because you're both getting the like Siri part of it. And then like, what is this custom shortcuts? What are actions? And it's, it gets really quickly into programming type things that you might not be prepared for when you just want like three things to happen all of a sudden. It's like, well, I, I can build that and it'll be this whole complex like repeating and things like that. But for some of the simpler stuff that people want to do, like sticking with the series suggestions is probably better because it just kind of happens in the background. Whereas like the custom shortcuts actions start doing things in the app and then you have to use that later in your shortcut. And so it's it gets very programmy where you have inputs and outputs and get to a certain result that you want to build. And it's, I think people struggle so much with like, what should I do? Like what, where do I start? And a good tip that I've also stolen from Federico that I think he wrote in an iMore article a long time ago was just start at the beginning and the end. Like I have a photo and I want to send it to mom. Like get latest photos is the beginning and send message is the end. And then you can do stuff in between to like fancy it up, but it's kind of like start to finish. Like, where do you want your shortcut to take you? It's a good question to answer. I had that experience a little bit when I opened up a shortcut that I really liked that I wanted to modify because there were so many uh, sub short. There were so many actions and so many uh, uh, conditional situations that, and I'm not even saying, I'm not Mm -hmm. even explaining it well, but what I mean, it it was a long, and I had to sort of roll through it and go, okay, this causes that to happen, then what happens? And then there's also the fail condition there. And it, and to me, I mean, I've, I've used Automator a lot on Mac OS. uh, And so it, it made sense, but the interface felt to me like it wasn't uh, quite ready for me to to, to see the whole thing. It, we, I was scrolling through, and I, what I wanted to do mm-hmm. was have an overview and sort of go, okay, well, what do, what do these things do? Can I collapse this so that I'm not looking at all the details? And so I found initially that that was kind of, it was a challenge. And I, I would imagine for anybody who hasn't had any kind of programming background or automation background at all, that it can be pretty daunting to do that. Yeah, especially once it gets off screen and... I think that's why looking at the end does help because you're kind of like the middle is, is you're like on this unknown journey to an endpoint and you don't know where you're going. But usually if you kind of go to the end and then, especially if you, if you see any variables, you can tap on those and then there's a reveal action button. And so that can take you back to where those variables were placed from. And so that's really helpful to like, because sometimes, especially this is so <laughs> even more confusing is that many people who learned workflow learned it before we released this feature called magic variables, where you don't actually have to constantly save your information using set variable. It just happens in the background. And so in shortcuts like that, that I build, they just kind of stop all of a sudden and then magically appear later. And if you're not aware of that or looking for it, it's like, wait, what's happening here? This just stops. 
And so that's like a whole, that, that itself is, this is maybe complex if people aren't familiar, but that's a whole nother layer on top of actual programming that shortcuts provides that I think is tripping up like actual developers too, because magic variables is this whole other special thing just for shortcuts. Yeah, I confess I've I've heard of them and I've heard people talk about them and how awesome they were, but I don't know what they do. I, I'm not that far along. I can, I'll totally explain it here because, I mean, I don't have to right now. Maybe we yeah, can let's, get to let's it. Yeah, let's get to it a, a little bit, bit a little bit later sure. on, but because I am, I will totally remember that. Uh, but, but, but I did want to sort of get a sense, especially for people who might be interested in shortcuts but might not know what they want to do with them. I Both of you guys have written enough shortcuts that you you may not have exclusively uh, honed in on one particular interest level. But I am curious if there are topics or subcategories or particular apps that you want to make shortcuts for that you're really excited about. Michael? So for me, the ability to get web data is very, very exciting. The ability to get this kind of data is very exciting because you can make, if you know the API as a, as a shortcut developer, uh, you can make APIs to do anything. I mean, I have APIs to get, I don't know if you guys have heard of IceCast, a uh, streaming server. But you can, you can pull data from that to get statistics on how your server's going. You can, you can pull all of these things off the internet and even load web pages into shortcuts and have it uh, basically show data a certain way. And so to me, pulling off the web, making things more accessible, like you can strip an article out of a web page. And to me, that is amazing and have it speak that article out loud. So the amount of things that you can do with the actions is just amazing. And uh, apps... I think there are loads that I would love to see more actions for. But um, there are, I, I typically stay in the, what can we make our phones do that they can't do before? So a lot of the text messaging shortcuts and, and things like that, I typically don't worry too much with. There are people that make loads of those already. So I typically focus on uh, what, how can we push our devices to do more? And... I made one where it would actually speak your IP address uh, and tell you if you're on Wi-Fi or not. That's, you know, cool information to learn. And to me, that's that's the power of shortcuts is to get your phone or your iPad or whatever device to do something it wouldn't do before. And, um, you know, the ability to take these things put them together. One of the tasks that I do on, on my podcast is I check how my live stream is doing, if it's loud enough. So I took two of the Siri shortcut actions that I made for my uh, own app and put a wait command in between. And so it takes 30 seconds, plays a little bit of the stream, and then turns it back off again. And so there's just a limitless amount of things you can do. It's just left up to your imagination. And the one thing that I do have to say, going back to what y'all were talking about earlier, is that while it is more based towards programmers to do these input-output situations, it makes it to where programming quality, you know, where you could do things that would be usually only allowed by programmers, 
you're putting they're putting this in the hands of the regular user. They're allowing whoever owns an iPhone to be able to do things that only app developers have been able to do before, which I think is what's really uh, the critical thing here on shortcuts. I totally agree with that because I'm not a developer. And so I'm like, I guess it's always hard because I did sit next to our team um, and that gives me a huge advantage. But at the same time, I didn't, I don't know programming stuff. Like I had to learn variables through shortcuts and understand what that meant. And then later I was like, oh, I'm programming? Like I didn't know that at the time that repeat with each is a programming concept or the get contents of URL is curl on the Mac. And and like you said, that that API stuff is that definitely got me excited when I first learned that you could do that and what dictionaries were and that most web applications that we use operate with JSON, which you can utilize in shortcuts. And so there's that blew my mind too. Um, the one thing that killed me was that we never added OAuth support. And so you couldn't authenticate into a lot of APIs unless you have the development school skills to do that on your own, like from your own computer. Um, and so I remember like the, learning what APIs are blew my mind because it is like, oh, this is how everything works and if i can i can like sit on the train and build a shortcut that calls an api and pulls in data like they didn't used to have those weather actions that they just added in shortcuts and so i learned how to use dark skies api and get grabbed all this information so that i could figure out like what the uv index because i was getting too hot walking home from san francisco from workflow in san francisco and it was like it went from like all the way from like my, even my Apple watch or my AirPods, like I can make API calls with my headphones or my home pod and that stuff. Like I am so supremely empowered by being able to do this because I can even like start my own business. Cause I know that I can do things that would take multiple people, but instead I can just do it myself. Like I totally agree. I, I need to emphasize that so much more too. And say like just let the people know it's like you guys can do this it's not it's not just for nerds and how easy is it to figure out an api once you know what data you want to get you have to go in and read the specs of the api and understand how to to call it is that something yeah. that's challenging for a non-programmer i'd say probably um i think some of the affordances of shortcuts and workflow before helped me grasp it even there's a literal dictionary action in shortcuts that you can build and like add little pieces to or understanding that an array is a list in shortcuts. Like that was a very, that's a very simple programming. I just didn't know what the word array meant. And then in shortcuts, Oh, it's just a list like that. Taking those concepts and kind of giving me a visual metaphor for that, I think really helped me. And then it is like you do still have to understand how all these APIs work, but I think shortcuts gives you gives like regular people a tool to interact with these. I, I, so like I don't know how to do it on my Mac still. Like somebody, <laughs> I'm somebody out there is probably like, wow, you should probably learn that. But <laughs> it's also like I don't want to. I don't want to use a command line to do this stuff. 
I'd rather pull out my phone and do it. And I'm at the point where I can do more on my iPad and my iPhone than I can on my Mac in some ways. So that is like, I mean, as we record this, there's a bunch of iPad Pro reviews going out saying people can't use these as computers. And I'm like, I can't use my computer like I can use an iPad. <laughs> well, you've got a thousand shortcuts, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I built all those. Like, that's what's crazy is, I, like he said, you don't need to be a developer. You, you were working at Workflow, so obviously you had all the help you need. But how long did you feel like it took you to get, as is for each of you, to, to get proficient enough at workflow that you could just workflow or shortcuts to just write what you wanted to write. I mean, obviously they, they're different levels of, of difficulty, but there had to be a learning curve. I like to think about it like this. I'm still learning. There's so many capabilities of this software that I'm still learning. And, you know, Apple is still adding new actions. They just added a post to Tumblr in the latest beta which is really cool because that used to be there before and it's back again. And so as time goes on, they're adding more and more. And it's just an amazing experience to see what they do and how we can interact. You know, I, I have the one of my favorite things is the SSH uh, run script over SSH where I can actually run actual scripts on my web server through workflow. And so... You know, I'm still learning how to harness the power of that. And, uh, you know, there's still things I'm learning. And so the turnaround time to get proficient, you know, it depends on your background. If you're, if you, if you are a very good problem solver and you're good at critical thinking, you're going to pick this up very quickly because basically you take, like Matthew said, the start and the end and you say, how do I solve this problem and get from point A to point B? And once you do that, you can start putting these actions together. And then the best thing is to not get discouraged. Say, if it doesn't work, put it down and come back to it. And, um, you know, I'm building a few things right now that I just could not get to work because I don't know exactly how to get it to work yet. I'm trying to build where I could search through RSS feed entries on a WordPress site and then just display that list. And I know there's a way and I know somebody will have the answer. But... I just don't know it yet, and so I'm learning. And that's the biggest key for this software is it's, it is a developer platform, but it could be as easy as you want it to be or as difficult as you want it to be. So learning is always ongoing for this, and it's just going to – your mileage will vary. I think that's totally true. Um, I think it won't – you won't learn it in a day. Um, and I think a lot of people – are probably like understandably confused when they use it, especially because they kind of did just drop shortcuts out and then haven't. So there, there is a shortcuts user guide and everybody should read that because that will help a lot. It's based off of the documentation that I actually wrote while we we're at workflow. And so going through there at least has some sort of reference beyond nothing at all, because that's very confusing. Um, especially just some of the order of operations parts and things like that. Um, so Michael was, I don't even know SSH. And so I don't know how to use that. Um, there's a match text action that uses regular expressions and I don't know how to use those very well. Um, and those are like two areas that I could totally spend. I'm sure like hours and hours building new stuff on that. Um, so I think, 
the part about not getting discouraged is important because and and what he was saying about the complexity of the problem, like I can make a shortcut that solves a very specific use case with like three actions, or you could make, like you said, Shelly, one that has all these conditions for like, if something else happens or this, then do these things. And you can take that same three-step shortcut and turn it into like 45 actions that can account for every single possible use. And so that's a whole thing of like, I build shortcuts so that other people can use them versus just doing one thing specific for myself. And getting to that level is way harder than just like solving one one path that you want to go down. Um, but I think one of my biggest tips for getting started is to look at all of the actions because I think a lot of people, it won't immediately tell you everything that you can do with it, but that's like looking in the toolbox and knowing what you have because people are like, can it do this? And I'm like, if you look for something like that and it doesn't, it might not. And then the other thing too is like, ask somebody, there are people who are willing to help. And like, I'm convinced that with the right helping hand, people can learn it much easier than going at it on your own. Cause like I learned week over week reading like the Mac stories weekly newsletter and and Federico's articles and stuff like that. So it's, it kind of depends on how much time you put into it, but I'd also encourage everyone to like start now because I don't think it's going away anytime soon. And it, like he said, it's only going to get better and better. Like the one, the new measure action introduced like 15 or maybe 20 different types of measurements, each with their own units. And you could, that's, that represents like 30 professional industries of electricians and stuff like that. So there's, there's so much here. Um, but I think I'm still convinced that like, if you watch like three live streams of somebody building stuff, you can at least be convinced like, Oh, this isn't as crazy hard as it seems, but the learning curve, I'm like, I'm still trying to help people get over that. And if anyone has any ideas, let me know. (laughs) Yeah. I started looking at other shortcuts and I chose some that were fairly complicated and it seems to me like what you're saying about whether it's a live stream or a video where you actually see somebody putting it together might be significantly more useful than just you know taking my finger and going down the screen and going okay well this is conditioned upon this but if it fails it does this and then like I say I have trouble keeping it because of the I feel like it's because of the interface and also just because of my lack of experience I have trouble keeping it all in my brain sufficiently to learn as much as I could from that shortcut. But if I'm watching somebody build it, and, and as you say, the user guide, I was going to ask you for resources a little bit later. So if you've got more, let's, let's talk about those. But um, I mean, they maybe that's, that's maybe the key, especially for somebody who isn't a programmer to sort of understand how all these blocks fit together, because that's kind of what it is. It's, it's you know, building blocks, stair steps, whatever metaphor you, you want to use. So one literal thing is that if you tap on the icon for an action, it will show you what it accepts as input mm-hmm. and produces as output. And that's really helpful to understand like, why is this one before it or yeah. after it? And, and ones that say this passes input through as output basically don't do anything with it. They just do something else. And so I think that's really helpful because so even in workflow, um, that visual affordance was a little bit more difficult. And I remember sitting at workflow and Ari was like, tap on it. And I was like, oh my God, 
because <laughs> I like and like there was more See, information do in that those right menus now. than the other ones. <laughs> yeah. go <laughs> it was I was like, what? Like I didn't know that. And that helps so much because it was it was like, here's a specific note about this action and the way it behaves. And it was like, oh, OK, that makes that so much more obvious. And I was like, let's tweet that right now. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about accessibility a little bit, Michael. You you mentioned a couple of brief examples, and I know Apple has been touting Siri uh, specifically, but shortcuts in general uh, for accessibility. But in in typical Apple fashion, it's more like rah rah, this is awesome. But I guess I'm wondering from from your perspective, what are some accessibility advantages, benefits for shortcuts, and and do you, have you made any shortcuts that are specifically helpful in accessibility contexts? Well, as far as, uh, let me start first with the app, because one of the things that I want to compliment the Workflow team on was Workflow was always a voiceover compliant yes, app. Yes, very much so. And it has stayed so ever since it's been converted to shortcuts. And it has a few quirks as far as figuring out how to do things, but it still works with voiceover completely. So that is one of the advantages that shortcuts and previously workflow has had. So with that being said, one of the things with the shortcuts I've made, I've, I typically make shortcuts. I've seen a lot of shortcuts around the web that will use dialog boxes or different um, alerts and different things to uh, relay data to the user. Typically what I do is I will use speak text or just display text to show information to the user, that makes it to where any shortcut can work with Siri. So that makes it more accessible and more usable for all users that are using that shortcut. And it's just, there are so many ways, just like a program that you write, that you can write a shortcut. But there are ways of making shortcuts more accessible to voiceover users and than others. And... You know, it depends on if you want that shortcut to be ran through Siri or through the widget or share screens or just from the shortcuts app, how you write it. And it's all very important. Um, a lot of my shortcuts, I like to use my shortcuts with Siri. So, for example, you know, I, I can just tell my HomePod over here to uh, server statistics and it will speak out all of these. It'll grab my APIs that I have set up and tell me all of these APIs through the HomePod. I don't have to open the app. I don't have to unlock my phone, which makes it a lot more accessible for uh, me as a person that's developing and doing all these things and as a, somebody that uses speech. So the speak text uh, action is very useful, especially if you want to grab articles uh, because you can just have it speak that information without... Uh, even having to look it up. And there's even now some, somebody made a shortcut uh, that's online to do OCR, which is optical character recognition uh, using an API online. And then it sends that back and then you could have it speak the article or whatever you uh, used OCR on. So while there's so many options on the phone, uh, there's uh that as well. I built one. Uh, JJ Meadow does a website, I believe, called BC Scan. And I used the API he uses for BC Scan and made a barcode scanner for the uh, iPhone. It scans it and reads everything that's returned from 
the BC Scan website just to see, you know, if that was possible. And so that really shows the power of a- APIs as well. Are there any apps that are specific to accessibility-related tasks? So what you're, you're saying is there are a lot of ways you can turn the output into speech, which is desirable if you have a vision impairment. But I guess I'm wondering, are there any other, like you were, you were talking early on in the conversation about making shortcuts that would help folks remember things. Are there any other specific apps that somebody might not think of who isn't an accessibility user that you've come up with or that you've seen? You know, that as far as apps that would help with accessibility... I'm sorry, I meant shortcuts. I, I meant shortcuts. Shortcuts. Yeah. Okay, shortcuts. Um, you know, the basically, I have made custom shortcuts for folks, but not really any major, you know, just shortcuts to remember things that they can then add to Siri. Uh, that is what I've made previously for, I've, I've done it for some students, but it's basically just using the actions that are there, like take text in, you know, you make a text block, put some information that person wants, then put speak text, and then wire that up to Siri, and then they can ask Siri, how, what are the steps for unlocking my iPhone with, when I don't have Touch ID turned on. And so things like that, and they, that helps them kind of recall, oh, this is what I need to do. And so there are you know, a lot of different methods you could do for that and uh, just basic, basic shortcuts that, that can be made for, to tailor two different situations. Apple has just released shortcuts, and we're still sort of, I think a lot of people are still figuring out what to do with it, even though you guys have worked with Workflow, and there are a lot of people who are making shortcuts now who have done Workflow. But what are some things you'd like to see from Apple, either in terms of what shortcuts can do, or the interface, or any of the implementation or support for any uh, development environments or APIs or or anything? What, what, What do shortcuts not do that you'd like to see it do? So I guess jumping off of what Michael was saying, um, I think further support for Siri-based shortcuts is really important. Um, So I'm super guilty of having all of those inputs and things like that because when I was workflow, it didn't even work from Siri. And so a lot of it was like making it easier to use while you're actively using the phone. Um, But right now things like ask for input or choose from menu don't work in Siri. And so I think that not only for accessibility purposes, but just for utility for anyone, if they add that stuff, that's when shortcuts, I think, is going to blow up and be extremely popular because then you can say, like, what should I do today? And she's like, how about this? And you're like, yeah or no. And you can have these multi-step interactions that you completely built up for your voice assistant. And then I think what goes along that, too, is um, airplay control, where... I can be like, hey, just start this on my HomePod or connect to my AirPods and things like that, um, where suddenly you can have shortcuts work anywhere. And like he was saying, the share extension or the widget or in the app, they can speak text to you. Then then you'd be able to speak text back to it and have it either use that or like choose from lists the way Siri does now too, but it's just not enabled in shortcuts, um, which is a whole whole other level of complexity on top too but i think that's where like the anything is possible really starts to become fully true um i just personally need 
folders for organization because I was going to ask you about a thousand that. Shortcuts. My joke was going to be, <laughs> yeah. are you going to write a shortcut manager so you can manage it with shortcuts? And yeah, <laughs> folders or something. I, I've done this whole uh, excessive thing. Well, first of all, all of mine are color coordinated. Mm-hmm. So anything that has to do with photos is pink. Anything that has to do with my writing for iMore is yellow and things like that. And surprisingly that goes very long way. Like, it was not easy to organize them all that way, but at the same time, once I did, suddenly that visual metaphor really went far for me because I could just recognize it out of a stack versus like the icon is still helpful, but it's a little more secondary. And so I guess this isn't helpful for people with accessibility needs as much, but that's what I am curious about, how hard it is to build shortcuts with voice and voiceover things versus using them is fantastic. Like I was going to say just doing one, like having a trigger phrase or just one tap to do 10 steps in a row. That's success. That's useful for people with accessibility needs and just regular people too. Like a huge thing I think can be, um, progressive input where it like asks you a series of questions and then you slowly add in the information so you don't need to like think through each step you just do what it tells you at each moment and i i just want that but that'd be great that also goes pretty far matthew you were talking about um how how it works for accessibility for voiceover to create shortcuts and it was interesting because to find that out we actually recorded a podcast episode on creating a shortcut accessibly and we went through the whole steps of doing that actually for the first time on the podcast. So that was rather rather fun. But what mm-hmm. what it turns out that you do is when you go into the, I don't remember the proper name, but it's where you, the action chooser, where you could pick your actions. It does support drag and drop with voiceover. And it tells mm-hmm. you when you're dragging that action out, moving above or below, and then the that action's name. So as you're dragging these actions out, you can use rotor actions in voiceover, which is uh, where you can just use uh, flicks and double taps to do things, or you could do double tap and hold, which simulates as if you're doing it visually. The one thing that we did find was kind of a bug was voiceover will read items that are off screen. And Hmm. if you do try to drag or use those items, it will uh, fail and it will cause a lot of confusion. So, Hopefully they do get that bug fixed, but it's it's a very wonderful experience if you do it uh, the visual approach, which is using your fingers to change pages to make sure those things are visible on the screen, and then dragging and dropping them into position. So Sorry. I'm not sure I understand. <laughs> and the HomePod, HomePod decided wants to, to join chime in. in on that. <laughs> and so that that is one of the. Uh, Dragging and dropping is a very good experience on on the app. And so, again, they've made it very accessible on that. I'll, I'll give all the credit to my team there because that was all them pushing that. Like, I wasn't the developer. And so that <laughs> I, I was super impressed. And I think they, yeah, they definitely won an Apple award for the accessibility yeah, part because, and it was even mentioned in the acquisition article on TechCrunch, which the articles themselves almost never happen and they emphasize the accessibility there. So I'm interested to see if they're going to do anything else with that in the future because they really haven't talked about most of the stuff since then. I know that when they when it came out, there there were a couple, I, I referred to it earlier, Apple 
placed a couple of articles. It seemed that they had placed them, which basically said, yes, this is great for accessibility. And I'm not criticizing them for doing it. I'm only criticizing the fact that there wasn't a lot of detail. But they did seem to be very much interested mm -hmm. in having people know from a user point of view, not so much from a developer point of view, but or a, a person who makes shortcuts. Let's not call them developers, but uh, it, it, hmm. it hey, yeah. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> I have to come up with a name for those people. <laughs> That's what people are calling Federico a developer. And okay. it is once you get into those multiple if statements, it's like, I don't see, there isn't a whole big difference right. between... I guess you don't have an interface is the main part. I guess, but, but well, yeah. I, and I mean, and actually one of the first shortcuts I tried to dissect by looking at it was one of his, and that was a mistake because it was quite complex <laughs> and uh, very cool shortcut. But I was like, wow, I think maybe I should find a little something simpler to, to dig in on this with. Um, Michael, did you? are there any things that you would like to see different in shortcuts or added in addition to fixing bugs? Oh, boy. <laughs> there's a list <laughs> um there the the one thing or the several things though the the thing that i would like to see most i would love to see system integration and scheduling uh of events so for example mm -hmm. i would love for a shortcut to be able to be fired if i unplug my iphone uh and have it speak out no long uh iPhone not charging, battery at whatever percent. I could do that on the Mac. I could do that on Android. I would love to see this come to iOS. And so, and so to speak different events when they happen or to support more of these kind of things where the system drives the shortcuts. So you could apply them to system events or to uh, things like that. There's... The other things that I would like to see is addition of shortcuts being able to, it could already do like maintaining Wi-Fi, turning on and off Wi-Fi, turning on and off uh, Bluetooth, turning on and off different settings on your phone. But what about being able to change accessibility settings, like change your voiceover, change your magnification by, you know, telling Siri to do these things? That would be amazing to be able to have on my phone well siri can do voiceover by already now i mean without a shortcut well well i could turn it yeah. on and off but if i want to change my speaking rate oh i see or if i yeah. want to you know set have presets like change voiceover uh rate to fastest and it will put it to that or uh you know even turning on and off zoom or accessing the magnifier uh, things like that things that can be customized in the shortcuts app to do the things that we normally would have to do in the settings. So that, that would make me very happy and being able to uh, work with apps. You, you know, one of the big questions I've always had and Matthew, you may, I, I'm really hoping I've been asking this question since workflows days. <laughs> Is it up to Apple or the workflow team back then to add the actions that can take input or output because I've never really seen any apps that have been updated since the release that can do that or is it something that we can add because man if we could do that I would love to make loads of actions that could do that in my apps um, the way I think the answer that I got when I asked 
something was along the lines of what you see in the on the website is what you can do now. <laughs> Which That's a very, a very Apple, Apple response. response. <laughs> yeah, of like <laughs> with the APIs, like basically what's in the talks is what's available. And so, no, right now developers can... That's why I think it's confusing that the shortcuts app is here at the same time that they released Siri shortcuts because like Siri shortcuts is separate from the shortcuts app. And right now developers can build Siri shortcuts, which just happen to get used in the shortcuts app, but they're not building shortcuts actions. Um, And so I don't know if there's plans for that. I would hope so because that seems like something that would be excellent. But at the same time, I think, for now, what developers are able to do is interact with things in their own apps through the Siri interface. I totally agree with the accessibility actions also because that totally makes sense. And the the big benefit about having it as a action versus just something that Siri already does is that you can chain it. And so I could even see myself turning on like accessibility vetting mode and then checking to see if the shortcuts that I built are working properly with voiceover for people who, because it is, I'm sure one of the reasons that I unfortunately don't do it that much right now is because first of all, I'm just not familiar with it and it's not, doesn't provide the same level of utility as it does when you actually need it. But it is just like a little too cumbersome to turn on. And I think that's even comes back to shortcuts of like, there's so many things that you just wouldn't bother to do with your phone but when it just kind of happens by pressing one thing or literally just looking at it and saying something, you'll do it then. And that's true. It's true of all technology that the easier it is, the more you can do. And then the more you do, the more you use it. Like it, it brings all of like, even coming back to what Michael was saying earlier is it brings it down to a level for people who aren't developers. And then you suddenly don't like, I think Shelly, you were kind of asking about what accessibility apps might work with this. And you almost don't need apps because you build a shortcut instead. And I think the scheduling thing also would be great because right now shortcuts is, I, I heard, I think it was Jason Snell said this, they're keyboard shortcuts for touch. And it's not actually automation because when I hear automation, that means like this stuff just happens and shortcuts you have to trigger like you're doing it, not it's happening to you. And which fits very much into iOS. Like nothing on iOS happens unless you do it. And I think that's can be what's confusing about computers is stuff's just going on in the background. And I totally want it one day, but it also makes sense that on a platform where that's not possible in any other way, they didn't add that. I guess the closest you could get is location triggers like reminders, but that's sort of a halfway measure. I mean, it's not real... So you can use Launch Center Pro is my unofficial official recommendation of they have scheduled reminders based on location and it's a little notification that shows up and then you tap that and it'll run your shortcut. So that's at least a close enough solution. I'm and downloading I think that today. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to say send me your sh- any of the shortcuts that you were struggling with, by the way, because I'm totally down to help. But um, I think what's also... Apple's own apps need better shortcut support because I think most of the shortcuts actions now are all what was possible when Workflow was a third-party app. And so there's not that much like private API usage going on. And I want things 
like numbers, spreadsheets. Like I want to generate reports with shortcuts and by like inputting data and stuff like that. And I want like more deep, powerful controls than are what's even possible right now. Like I'm, I'm waiting for like what hopefully we'll get in like three years or something, which also I'm not hinting at anything. I just, I know that it part of working at workflow that you recognize is how dang complex this thing is and how it's all engineered. Like all of that, they took one app and then combined all the other apps into it. And so it's just so complex. And I think that's why there's probably bugs, especially once it gets unfortunately down to accessibility stuff. I'm sure they're prioritizing it because it's Apple and not an independent company, but it's, it's so complex. Like I, (laughs) I didn't want to be the bug report person. So (laughs) what you're saying about apps support for shortcuts being uneven. I mean, that's something that's familiar from the accessibility world where Apple's apps are generally accessible, but there's always one or two that are far less accessible because they're not a high priority, whether they're uh, you, you know, some sort of utility. I don't even want to name names, I'm, but Michael, I'm sure you and I'd probably agree on a few of them. But but there's some that are just, oh yeah, we should make that accessible to smart invert colors. Or to, I don't think there's really a problem of an app being completely inaccessible to something as important as, say, voiceover. But there are always little right. bitty apps there in the background that don't play well with all of Apple's own accessibility features. And it seems like I would imagine that, work, uh, that uh, shortcuts would go along a similar but higher profile trajectory in that I would hope so. I think numbers, pages, keynote, all those actual productivity apps, GarageBand, if you could actually shortcut those, those would be some incredibly powerful tools. But there's always going to be some app that I love, you know, maybe it's notes, maybe whatever it is, or reminders or something that, that Apple's going to go, oh, yeah, we haven't done anything to make that shortcuts friendly. And, you know, that'll take longer. But I hope they prioritize the ones that are actual productivity apps, because that's what will get people excited about it, when you can generate reports and make documents and, you know, automate presentations and things like that. I hope it all happens, because <laughs> I don't... I think in some ways it needs to be, like, knocked into everyone's heads that all of those, you know, like... Apple's own apps have to be supported by their own productivity tool and going through those and breaking them down into the component steps, I think is like, if you just do the accessibility stuff along the way, it will provide that much more value and then you don't have to do it later. Like I'm sure there's, I don't know, but I hope there's like, uh, I hope the shortcuts team is knocking on every other team's door and is like, Hey, you guys need to do this. And also it, it's like, just a fundamental requirement that it's going to be accessible because it seems like that goes pretty hand in hand with like there's got to be work done on it and it might as well be complete. Yeah, it's like I say, the, the issue tends to be not that it, that this thing is completely inaccessible, but that it is not fully baked. And I use Smart Invert Colors as an example where when they came up with that, the difference between Smart Invert Colors and the old Invert color style was the Smart Invert Colors <laughs> would show images in a positive as opposed to a negative. So it was it was the correct way to see, you could use what is essentially a dark mode in iOS, but you could also see the images look right. And so when they rolled that out, not every app supported it. In fact, Safari didn't support it initially, which is just like a real head scratcher. And there <laughs> were a few apps, and I think they're mostly on board now, but, but that was a situation where they kind of 
you know, there, there, there was there were always apps that were a little bit behind the curve either. And Safari, I can't even explain to you. But uh, there were there were always some that were just like, wait, what? Apple makes this. This should be. <laughs> but like I say, I hope I hope shortcuts and the shortcuts team mm-hmm. has a little bit more opportunity to uh, to to make their presence known than necessary than all the access the all the accessibility teams. But I do think it's like we're in a time where it's starting to undergo a shift of what it means to use iOS, mm-hmm. and hopefully the sh- shortcuts and the team can lead that way and be like, this is because I know that I think that's what's. I enjoy about having worked with them is they're good people and like they care so much and that I think will translate to people working with them and hopefully what they're able to accomplish with that of like it, I don't want it to change the world just for me or I want it to be anybody can really use this and the iPhone reaches so many people that's what's that's what's mind-boggling still and I mean, I was even saying to my friend the other day that I had a shortcut idea while we were playing video games and I could build it in between rounds <laughs> of the video game, like calling this weather APIs to compare the air quality in San Francisco right now, which is very, very bad. Compared, And it was like, what does 200 mean? And I was like, oh, I could just get the ones from like Shanghai and India that are really bad and repeat through those names of cities and then show the AQ- AQI from like clear to really bad. And then you get a sense of what this number even means. It's not just a value. And this is like just me thinking it up and I can build this. And in theory, every person in California could use that to get better weather information and not breathe in all the smoke from the fires that are going on right now. It's it's like it's mind blowing that that comes down to just regular people. Uh, one of the things that... I have felt like is that shortcuts has the capability of being the seed to all kinds of change in iOS. It's a foundation that can be utilized to change everything about the system. You know, if, if shortcuts is utilized correctly, it can be used for, all kinds of, you know, improvements to iOS. You know, you may not have to have an app to do a certain thing anymore. You may not have to have uh, websites. You may not have to have all these things. And it can change the way people use their phones. You know, shortcuts could become the way that we interact with our devices. You know, we could already put them on the home screen, use Siri. But imagine just setting things up to do things during the day. Uh, You know, we have HomeKit automation uh, to do our lights, but it would be neat if they could integrate shortcuts into that, you know, to do all these different things. And it would be amazing if we could get to where we could update our shortcuts if they were made by somebody else. We already have an API that can do that. It's called Update Kit. I don't know if you guys have heard about that, but it's actually a, uh, it's made by some folks that work with a website called Routine Hub. And you install the workflow uh, or the shortcut. I still call them workflows, uh, that, <laughs> that uh, you install the shortcut that has this check for updates portion, and it uses a dependency called update kit, which is another shortcut to check if your shortcut is up to date. And if y'all haven't heard of it, Routine Hub is a, uh, a website where people can post their shortcuts and put version numbers. So they, 
they have these neat features already, but you know it would be neat if they were all baked in. That sounds like a pretty good segue to give you guys a chance to put out any suggestions for resources for people who want to learn about shortcuts or tips and tricks. I guess uh, if you want to dazzle them with links, that would be great. We already talked about the shortcut user guide. I found a few links that, that I like, but are there any, any ones that you guys particularly recommend? You know, I, I do a column on my website at iaccessibility.net. It's started as Beyond the Gallery. That's going to be moving to its own website soon. Uh, but Beyond the Gallery has a lot of shortcuts I've made and that I've found in different places that I thought were neat. And again, Routine Hub is an amazing website uh, for finding new shortcuts. They have thousands of them there. And you could even post your own uh, there and you could see who's how many people have downloaded upvotes and all those. So it's a community. And uh, AppleViz.com uh, has done a few articles and podcasts on shortcuts. So those that those are all, in my opinion, really good resources. My podcast, uh, iacast.net, uh, a few episodes back, we did a episode on uh, uh, building a shortcut accessibly. So I think those are some good accessible resources for shortcuts. And uh, I'll also be posting, I'm building a, I'm writing a book on how to write accessible shortcuts. So very cool. excited about that. Well, you have to let us know when that is available. Yeah, I want to I want to read that too. Um maybe it's not as good for beginners, but I did learn through the Mac Stories archives of workflow and so that is still I think almost all of it is probably applicable to shortcuts, just change the name. Um and then also Federico does a Mac Stories weekly newsletter. Um a lot of those do tend to be more complex and aren't necessarily like, here's your first shortcut. Um, but I write for iMore, and then there's a lot of articles both on workflow and shortcuts there. Um, David Sparks actually has a whole tutorial video series um, that can get you up to speed. Um, it's a paid course that you can take, so that's also great. Um, I think, so the shortcuts user guide is definitely great, and while you're at it, the iPad and iPhone user guides, I've seen a bunch of tricks going around that people didn't know about. And there is stuff in there that I even am, am learning new things. Um, it's hard. I haven't made my own. So I, I make videos on YouTube. Um, I haven't made one that's like, here's how to completely get started with shortcuts because in case you can't tell from the conversation, it's so complex that like one encapsulating video is I'm just not good at making videos yet. And so that's really hard to do and make sure like there's so much to communicate that leaving important details out freaks me out a little bit. Um, that was why I did the whole documentation part because then it's like, just do that whole part. Um, but I'd say kind of, Oh, the other thing that's definitely worth checking out is the Reddit community where but it's super active and it already has like 28,000 people since, um, shortcuts launched. And so that's, that's a great place too. where I think what's helpful there is you can just ask questions and random people will jump in and help answer. But I'm also available on Twitter. I, I do get a good amount of requests. And so sometimes it's hard to me for me to filter through it all, but I, I'm also totally down to help people because I think it's just, it's like, I, I know, I, I just want to tell people I don't want to keep it to myself or something. <laughs> yeah. Your like enthusiasm <laughs> kind of shows through there. <laughs> 
Well, uh, we're down to the uh, end of the show, and I want to thank you guys for, for joining me. But before we go, we have the final one more thing question. And my question for you today is, we have shortcuts on iOS, which is pretty awesome. If you could have a shortcut do something on your computer, now obviously Mac ha- the Mac has various automation tools available to it, many of which I use, but is, is there something that you can do with a shortcut that you would like to be able to do on your computer? Michael? So one of the shortcuts I made for iOS that I can't reproduce anymore, but I could definitely do it on the Mac if it was available, is to run through a, a workflow, so to speak, <laughs> of taking a podcast episode I record, converting it from one format to another, then sending it on to WordPress and put it in, in the uh appropriate place uh let me set up the post which can be in word or pages and then do all the posting with one click of a button that would be amazing because that process is about a 30 to 45 minute process with all the you know updating playlists and all that kind of stuff so that if i you know if that could be made i actually created something in ios using the transmit app uh when it was available, one of the things I did was I took it took in a file. It converted the uh, waveform to MP3, then uploaded it, got the reference of that file, put it in WordPress, and I could do whatever I wanted with it. Then post the post the blog post, and to have that kind of functionality in a uh, shortcut for the computer would just speed things up so amazingly well. Make a lot of podcasters happy to have something like that, too. Matthew, how about you? Um, my cheeky response to this was, I already use them on my computer because it's not bad enough. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and then my also second response was, every single one of them, because I would love that. <laughs> and it was interesting. When I, I think I was at Workflow, and I don't think I had ever almost really used Automator. And when I really looked into it, I was like, oh, these are called workflows. Like, this is actually yeah. Automator for iOS, but with some more affordances. And I think that's what's so interesting is like, I still don't use Automator because I think it's, I think the affordances that the iOS app gives you do make that difference. Of I couldn't figure out Automator, but I can here. Um, but I'd also say I want some Final Cut Pro Automator actions because. I am now doing video production, and that's the one thing that's stuck on my computer is Final Cut. And I, oh man, I was hope I was crossing my fingers at the iPad that event they do that Final they would Cut? announce it yeah. or something like that. But yeah, that would that be amazing would be. because then it really is like I wouldn't have this question wouldn't matter to me anymore. But <laughs> um, I think I think that stuff would make a big dip- difference. Like I can also do shortcut stuff that. I, I use um, Sublime Text to do some text manipulation, but that's really helpful to like iterate through every single line and do the same thing. Like I can do those things in shortcuts that I can't do on my computer, and I'm sure there's ways to do it. But it is when you have to use like very esoteric words in the command line stuff. I think that abstracts it to such a even to me, it's like that's such a nerdy level, and I just don't know what those words mean. And there's not great resources to learn it online. So that's hopefully, I mean, it is like 
people will be able to do more with shortcuts than they were able to with the computer, partially because it's it's just touch and it's not like grep or words like that that is like, I don't know what that means. So it, I'm never going to learn that, <laughs> which is, it's a weird education problem, I think. Like even SSH and stuff like that, like I know kind of what it's for, but there's nothing that's just explained it to me or shown me the value or how to use those things. And it's an interesting problem. So my, I've used Automator and I like it and I've built automation to do a lot of things related to, I, I write a book called iOS Access for All about accessibility in iOS. And I have all these little Automator things that help me. And one of the things that they do is help me size images. I take screenshots on my phone or my iPad and then this is what I did before shortcuts. And I brought them over to the computer and I resized them so they would fit into the EPUB that I was making. And then I discovered, back to Federico Vitici, I discovered this great Apple Frames shortcut that he made, which will mm-hmm. take a screenshot and not it's not just resizing it, but it'll put the frame of the device around the screenshot, which makes my... It's, it's so awesome. awesome. It makes my screenshots look 10 times better. And so... I would like to do that on my computer because I have to do so much of the rest of the work on my computer. But now what I'm doing is I'm taking the shots on my device, I'm running them through that shortcut, and then I'm copying them over to iCloud and I'm grabbing them off the computer. So I kind of have the problem licked, but I guess I'd like to just do it on one platform. And now the thing I have to do, maybe I'll call you later, is I need to uh, make an iPhone (laughs) X10R version of it so i just need to get the screen resolution and put it in there and figure out what you know between what where it goes between the two different between the iphone 10s and the 10s max but i have it i i'm making all these screenshots with a 10r so i anyway that's uh that's beyond that question but in any case that's what i want to do is frame those pretty iphone screenshots on my computer I totally want to talk to you about your automated <laughs> stuff because that is an interest. I mean, I'm not even joking. It's like there's a, I'm sure there's some overlap oh, yeah. there. And it's like, it's totally like, I don't know as much what people do with that. And I want to like sit down with everybody and talk about what they're doing with these devices because that's, I do just wish, like, I don't want to sell my time to people, but it's like, let's, I could just build some stuff for you or we could figure out what needs to, happen in order to get that to work I, um also i don't see iphone 10r product images so i think that's the I, I think that may be is, i mean i haven't seen them around either i think you can find them but i also need to go and get the it's pretty easy to find but i need to go and find the exact screen dimensions and pixels and then and then like i say plug that in and duplicate the basically duplicate the iphone 10s version and turn it in you know and mm-hmm. with those numbers but then i still need the images so I'm I'm sure it's an easy problem to solve. It's just that that is a very dense shortcut, and my experience was so limited that mm-hmm. I felt like that wasn't probably the best expense of my time for the first one. But I'll probably get to it eventually. I do. Do you want like a plain text version? Um, and this is something that I was thinking earlier is I need to comment out a lot of mm-hmm. my shortcuts because there is a comment right. action, and you can just say, here's what's happening. I think it's, for me, I struggle because it's, I want them to look nice and be as short as possible because I think that helps is like just having three steps is like, Oh, okay. But when there's a bunch of comments explaining it, I don't know. It's do, do you guys have any opinion on that? Cause I, I totally am open to feedback. If, it, if um, it's the kind of shortcut that you expect people to adapt for their own purposes, like there, there are a lot of shortcuts that do a pretty straightforward thing and somebody might not want to 
adapt it, but there's a screen, but there, whether it's the screenshot thing, I mean, that's not even a good example, but there are probably a lot of cases where somebody would take the basis of a shortcut and adapt it to their particular needs and then commenting would be great because then you'd have some guidance if you weren't experienced with it. Yeah. Um, so I guess just real quick, that screenshot one, um, I think basically that you take the product images and then using something like Photoshop, remove all the backgrounds right. and then get it to a specific size. And then what he did was he takes the image and then there's an action in shortcuts called base 64 encode. And this basically turns the image into a long random string of text that can then be decoded back into that photo. And so maybe Michael, correct me if I'm wrong too, but I think that's how images in general are utilized by computers is that they're broken down into text strings that can be, again, magic. This is where it gets into like magic. I'm like, sure, that makes sense to me. Okay, I'm just not going to question it any further. I haven't gotten into it that much. I I think that's probably why that shortcut was so daunting to me because you can see that in there. You can see the code. And I read his explanation of what he does. He actually puts the image within the shortcut in that format there's another yeah. image there's another frame generating shortcut out there that does it differently and supposedly it's less of a memory yeah, issue. like you can just save them you can just save them in dropbox and then or yeah, like you point at and them. then get that right. frame and use it um yeah but then it, i think it's hard because then people have to get those images themselves and right. so that way that is more it's simultaneously more and less usable because it's both like this just works now, but it's gets more yeah. complex and that'll be an interesting problem as we go forward because I struggle with it where I want to keep pushing shortcuts further and further, but me making really complex shortcuts isn't something that I can necessarily share. And so I'm, I am in a weird realm where I want to just handhold people through very basic stuff. But then suddenly I'm like, oh, well, you just do all this complex iteration. And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> so. Right. So real quick, uh, one thing that just came to mind that is very interesting, and Matthew, I know your position, so if, if you don't want to comment, that's okay. But <laughs> one of the things that's interesting that Apple has said next year is when they release the next version of macOS, it is potentially possible for iOS apps to be ran on the Mac. So speculation, shortcuts on the Mac. <laughs> Interesting thought. Yeah, it would be I that would be really nice. I think the without saying anything that I might get slapped on the wrist for, I think I guess Kai was kind of saying it before is this is a really complex app and so I don't necessarily like if they were to do that, that does it's very iOS technology and right. shortcuts is based off of the content graph, which is what enables it to convert things into a bunch of different types. And I just don't know how feasible that is to do on macOS versus it being able like specifically enabled because of the way iOS APIs work. But right. I think at the same time on an infinite time scale, like that totally would make sense, especially having like if you could build it on your phone and use it on your Mac, that stuff gets really cool. Yeah. And I mean, we barely even scratch the surface of AirPods, HomePod and Apple Watch, all which work with voice shortcuts. And so like even it is, this is a perfect example of where accessibility features getting built into it also simultaneously 
enable it to be used in whole other ways for regular people. Like if it all does work with voice, you can use it on your watch and your HomePod versus like the workflow shortcuts that I build are a little bit like utilities for your computer right now, but not like I got to get deeper into that voice world because that's, it's like once that goes down a level, you can just not be working and tell your computer to do something. And like, I still am getting, I want everybody to work less because of this, not be able to work ever more. And just like, that is a lofty goal, but it's also, I think it's doable with, as this moves down from developers on their computers in the dark <laughs> to use the terrible stereotype all the way to like just people in third world countries getting their first phone can suddenly program stuff for themselves. Yeah, I had included a question. It was in my head, but there wasn't really a, a place to put it about the HomePod because when that device came out, I was like, well, that's expensive. I'm never going to buy that. I have stereo equipment that I'm perfectly happy with. I know eventually it will become a Siri speaker, but it hadn't yet at that time. But ever since Shortcuts is coming out, has come out, I've heard more and more people just sort of casually say, oh, yeah, and then I tell my HomePod to blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking more about it because I don't want to have my phone in my pocket all the time. I don't wear an Apple Watch, but I can see having a HomePod that lived in my office, you know, analogous to what an Echo does. And I, I feel like, you know, whatever Apple does in terms of price and form factor, it seems like that HomePod becomes super compelling once you get into shortcuts that are triggered by voice. Agreed. I'm like, I'm itching to go further with that because it is, I mean, I think it's by far the best just like technical speaker that's out there and it sounds so good. And then even just being able to use Siri's voice to read articles back to me like that, I, I use that same example and that's so awesome. Like I do not like Amazon's assistant. I'm trying right, not to say right. her name. Um, <laughs> the voice of it is just not good to me. And all of those little details will add up like the, the ecosystem, the shortcuts is like the ultimate ecosystem play because you can have home kit, you can have all of those different products. And I don't see anyone else that has a smartwatch or like a good quality smart speaker that I think isn't limited to some of the stuff that are, is available on the other ones. Like I know that we're on an Apple network podcast, but it is still like people love their, Echo devices, and I think it's. It, I feel a weird pressure because, like, I actually one of my next videos is going to be about shortcuts on the HomePod because people just don't have any clue that it can do anything else new now, and you can call APIs from your HomePod, but also regular people don't know what that yeah. means. So it's a whole, it's a whole new playground totally. there too. I look forward to seeing that video. Well, uh, I, I want to thank you guys both for joining me and give you the opportunity to tell everybody where you can be found on the web. Michael, why don't you start us off? Okay, so online you can find all of my content at iaccessibility.net. Uh, on Twitter, you could follow me. My Twitter name is Mike Doeys. It's M-I-K-E-D-O-I-S-E. Um, you can, I'm all over the web. I have my personal website and you can email me at, uh, Mike Doeys. It's M I K E D O I S E at iaccessibility.net. Very cool. Matthew, thank you for being here. Have it, where can we find you? Um, I'd say the primary place I'm sending people to right now is youtube.com slash Matthew Casanelli and it's C A S S I N E L L I. 
because most people can't spell that. Um, and I'm also Matt Casanelli on Twitter. I think both Michael and I have to have use our first names. It sounds like <laughs> the shortened version because of character limits. Um, and then also, yeah, definitely follow me on Twitter. I'm sharing tons there, probably more than I should compared to how many videos <laughs> I'm producing. Um, <laughs> but then also I write for iMore and the suite setup um, uh, every week or so. Sorry, one sec. Actually, I do want to say yeah, my email please. too, because that is a great idea. Um, also, if anybody does have questions, I'm totally open to answering them for people, either on Twitter or my work email is matthew at casanelliconsulting.com. Very cool. We'll put all of those in the show notes. Well, I really want to thank Matthew and Michael for being here. It was a blast. I learned so much and had a great time. If you want to find more episodes of Parallel, go to relay.fm slash parallel and collect them all. You can also follow the show at Parallel Pods on Twitter and get the first announcement when a new episode is available. You can follow me on Twitter at Shelly, S-H-E-L-L-Y. Feel free to send along your guest suggestions, your topic ideas. I may not do them all, but I definitely will listen to your ideas. I'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Parallel. Bye for now.